If you're a North Korean news aficionado like me, you probably came across the NK News website well before discovering the podcast. It's an incredible source that gets you behind the headlines to give you what's probably the most reliable and evidence-based news on North Korea. Every business day, you'll get between 5 to 10 articles that provide exclusive news, detailed analysis, and informed opinions. And guess what? Each week, they send you forward-looking week-ahead briefings and news alerts to keep you ahead of the curve. There's more. NK News members also get special reader-only benefits, access to exclusive events and online conferences, and perpetual access to our archive of podcasts. And here's the best part. You can get a $100 discount on your annual subscription with the code PODCAST. Redeem this podcast-only special today by visiting nknews.org discount. That's nknews.org discount. Welcome to the NK News Podcast. I'm joined here in the studio by Anton Sokolin, my newest colleague at NK News. Anton, you are the tracker guy, right? Tell us more. That's correct. Uh, glad to be here. Thank you for inviting. Um, yes, I am basically the guy staring at ships all day long, trying to figure out uh, whether North Korea is engaging in any illicit activities at open sea. Is that interesting? It is exciting. That's great. Because not everyone could find it ships is exciting. staring at Please ships. check out my articles. Uh, there are plenty of more coming up so please stay tuned that's right you have certainly been very busy and this is your first time uh, to come here on the, the nk news podcast very Absolutely, grateful yes. to have you on the show thank you and of course we should talk about what everyone's been talking about for the last few hours which is that uh, kim yong jong is, is back in the game and she's made some angry statements that's true and well in her angry statements, I think we spotted several trends or rather uh, interesting moments that caught our attention. For example... Okay, but before you do, what is the statement? Okay, so North Korea has... Okay, yeah, let, let's begin from starters. For us, it was a very long night, night so right. basically... Kim Jong-un's sister, Kim Yo-jong, mm -hmm. basically warned the U.S. that if the U.S. aircrafts enter North Korean airspace, it will shoot it down or there will be any some absolutely grave consequences to, uh, for the US. And while when she released this statement, basically, there were certain moments that caught our attention because of your linguistic uh, details, so, mm -hmm. or let's say, certain peculiarities about her speech. And that's what I wanted to focus on today. Actually. Okay, but right before you do, I'm going to just say a couple of things about uh, North Korean airspace. Right. Because, uh, you know, under the uh, United Nations uh, Command Armistice Agreement, which was signed back in 1953, the crossing of the demilitarized zone, these, this is defined as uh, something that has to be done with the permission of the commanders of both the northern and the southern sides. But in terms of once you go outside the land border, that's not really defined in the armistice agreement. That's according to what I remember from uh, the briefing that I attended with Steve Tharp last week. So the northern limit line, which uh, was designed to stop South Korean ships going into North Korean waters in the 1950s, right. that's something that's not actually covered in the agreement, but it was agreed upon later on. Right. But in terms of where we're talking about, I, I saw a map that somebody tweeted there that our colleague Kim Jong-min retweeted to say that North Korea puts its exclusive economic zone 200 nautical miles out into the sea, and it's quite a big area, almost uh, halfway to Japan. And North Korea has made this accusation that, uh, that U.S. spy planes have crossed that area. Yes, that, that is pre pretty much the essence of the situation that uh, allegedly U.S. aircraft trespassed this e exclusive economic zone. Mm -hmm. But the problem is that from the statement, we can't really say clearly whether they did trespass because what she mentions is that the U.S. aircraft possesses this capability, r r basically a radar view of mm. 200 and over 200 miles, which somehow basically trespasses over the um, to the economic zone and that kind of raises suspicion did right. they really cross or uh, she's talking just about the cap the capabilities of the US to yes. did, the, to uh, let's say uh, view the area within the economic zone of exactly. North Korea that's the that's it, the question it's almost like imagine you're living in your house and you've got a fence around your yard and your neighbor doesn't 
go over the fence, but he can look over the fence. Right. Is he, therefore, or she, crossing into your property by looking over the fence? And in this situation, yeah, I, the analogy, I think, is pretty much correct. But I would point out one thing, mm. uh, is that according to the UN Convention on the Law of the Sea, ah, the, uh, un- the, the UNCLOS? Yes. The territorial waters are determined within 12 nautical miles. Right. And that is the territory that you don't want to cross. That would be the real fence. And whatever else outside that fence, this economic exclusive economic zone, mm-hmm. it is just for that country's, let's say, economic purposes. It, it, it doesn't really fend off uh, any intruders. It, it doesn't even supposed to do that. Right. You know, That's that, what they call the exclusive economic zone. And it's why, according to my knowledge, you can you're granted free passage within that zone. That's why ships, like, for example, vessels, merchant fleet, can cross that okay, zone. But, but here we're talking about airplanes, and that's not even covered in the, under UNCLOS, is it? As far as I know, no. It's not really covered, but I, I would probably have to do my homework right. a bit more on that. Right, this uh, is we're not a going, formal answer getting here. really we're technical here. Yeah. And, but yeah. then there's this thing also called the Air Defense ID Zone, right? The right. ADIS. Right, uh, air defense zone, but in this case, it, it wasn't mentioned because mm. uh, Kim Yo-jong was specifically referring to the maritime military demarcation line, right. which is not really defined yet. So we, we don't really know mm. what it is. We know that it approximately coincides with the northern limit line, mm-hmm. which is the extension, the eastward straight direct ex- extension of the land military demarcation line going straight eastward uh, for like about 200 mi- miles. But at the same time, we do not know really actually where it ends. Mm, yeah, I understand that uh, Kim Yo-jong used the word Kyongje Suyok, which literally translates as economic maritime or economic water zone. Exactly. And that also raises a little concern about what she meant. Well, we, we, it raises so many questions that it, and it would be really great if just Kim Yo-jong, instead of publishing her stream of consciousness, mm-hmm. would have just published a map saying here's where right. they entered our zone and here's what they did. Uh, she hasn't published maps she, herself. She hasn't. <laughs> now, uh, in uh, in making these statements, in what capacity was she speaking? Right, She's a secretary of something in the uh, is it the propaganda, propaganda and agitation? I've forgotten now. Right. Uh, for a few years now, she has been the vice director of the uh, propaganda and the agitation department, uh-huh. but, res- but m- most commonly she's referred as this just vice director, department director. That Ah. But, but this is it. Okay, right. Okay, but sh- so she's made some interesting uh, use of words there that suggest to you... Well, tell us more. What, what right. What? Uh, that's what I started with. Basically, a few things caught my attention is that is in the in Kim Yo-jong's rhetoric. First of all, she used this word, Tehan Min-guk, to mm-hmm. refer to South Korea. And it is very rare occasion indeed because I uh, usually... Is it in a written statement or do we have a on recording saying this? Uh, I think it's only on the wire. I think we okay. saw it only on the, on the wire. So it's a written statement. It's a written statement. So it, so it was, uh, of course, it was in quotation mark. Right. Mean, and probably meaning some sarcastic tone. Right. Uh, but uh, it's a rare occasion anyway to use the full official name of the Republic of Korea yeah. in, a, in a North Korean statement, which uh, usually refers to South Korea as the South or yep. Nam Chosong or Nam Chik, something yep. like that. Right. And it was rather unusual. And S- similarly, when it uses the word Detongyong, it also normally puts some scare quotes right. around them as well. Uh, ba- basically, uh, sort of pulling a, a joke on, uh, on the president saying that he is not a real president. Right. That's, that's ba- basically their usual rhetoric and this phrase vibes really well with the previous uh, instances when mm. the <laughs> North Korean minis- foreign ministry uh, used also uh, in some interesting terms of Ibguk instead of Ibgyon when talking about Hyundai Asan chiefs uh, planned visit to Mount Kingan and it's an, uh, another topic that we will probably want to discuss right, and that's that's <laughs> just in the last week too it's very recent so yes p- our listeners will remember that uh, there used to be a uh, South Korean run resort in North Korea the the Mount Kumgang resort which was uh, run by uh, Hyundai Asan and the uh, the chairwoman of that that company uh, Hyun Jong Un was going to go or had asked permission to go to visit Kumgang to hold a memorial for her late husband, uh, Chong Mong-hun, who died about 20 years ago. He was the former chairman of Hyundai Group. But North Korea said no, but also it used this, as you said, this word uh, ipguk, meaning crossing in or entering into a country rather than the normal word that they used to use, ipgyong. And this statement was from the North Korean foreign ministry. In fact, uh, Director General of the Foreign Ministry, uh, Kim Song-il, gave this statement 
rather than the United Front Department of the Korean Workers' Party, which normally makes these statements uh, and normally covers the relations with South Korea. So it's suggesting a little bit that North Korea, well, it could be suggesting, I mean, that's the question, isn't it? Is North Korea looking at South Korea as another country? It appears so, or rather it feels like North Korea is just trying its way into this new realm and this new situation regarding the South Korean Minister of Unification and its planned restructurization or certain restructuring reorganization plans. It's another topic to cover, but let's focus on the rhetoric first. Mm. I think by referring to South Korea as another country, even using those quotation marks, even, let's say, sarcastically, it sends certain signals to the, to, to the South, trying to, let's say, check the temperature of the water uh-huh. before entering, like, you know, t- tipping your just toes. Yes. Like, are they going to respond? What's uh, What their response is going to be? Because they already know that the current South Korean president announced that actually there will be no rapprochement with North Korea. There will be rather cooperation with the U.S. and Japan in mm-hmm. strengthening military alliances and so on. And basically, he started wrapping up uh, the progress of the previous president. And in this whole situation, I think North Korea is just trying to find its way how to deal, how to talk with South Korea right. within this new reality. Yeah, it is certainly a, and, and it's a reality that, I mean, the current president, Yoon Suk-yeol, has another four years to his term. So there's certainly a lot of that reality to go. And, and Exactly. Yeah. Wow. Now, in the, in the last few minutes, I want to uh, also quickly talk about Russia delivering some wheat and, and corn, some grain to North Korea. That was uh, reported by the Russian Customs Agency. Right. But the amounts are not huge. I mean, we're talking 1,080 tons from the Siberian region of, uh, of Kuzbas, right. also known as the Kemerovo Oblast. Kemerovo Oblast, yes. Uh, which is really in the middle. It's nowhere near the DPK. It's not like no, it's a bordering area. Yes. It's really far from there. Absolutely. Uh, and then the same agency also, also reported in late June that the Krasnoyansk administrative area exported some 200 tons of wheat flour to the DPRK, China, and Kazakhstan altogether. So we don't actually we know don't how really much of those yes. yeah. But we have some other... If you add all of these numbers up, because I've got some other numbers from Amur and uh, from uh, also twice from Kuzbas in April and May. If you add it all up, it's probably not more than 10,000 tons of grain. And now according to statistics that I saw, North Korea needs about 5.5 million tons of grain to feed its 25 million people. And last year, North Korea's grain production was estimated at 4.5 million tons which means that there's a shortfall of a million tons a year. So those amounts that we're talking about from Russia, they're useful, they're good, but really it's a drop in the ocean. So right. What does it mean? What's the significance of it? Well, it's interesting that you highlighted this uh, specific news because we know that North Korea is, uh, is basically relying on grain shipments from other countries. And basically those uh, two countries that supply this grain mm-hmm. are China yep. and Russia. And although uh, Russia, the Russian exports of grain are minuscule and are really like like you said just drop in the ocean we have statistics from the chinese customs that actually uh, says that they are sub- uh, supplying they have been supplying pretty a lot of grain as well uh-huh. and we we probably would just consider uh, russian shipments as um, as part of this whole package that uh, aid package that North Korea receives from its two main trade partners China and Russia yeah well so uh, it also remains to be seen that the uh, the world food program they're trying to triple their funding for food programs they want to get 42 million dollars for the first half of this year I know that they're uh, they're well short of that target there right uh, but if they I mean, that could be a sign that the World Food Program is expecting to be able to bring food aid into North Korea again. So uh, there may be three partners soon. It may be North, uh, Russia, China, and the World Food Program bringing in aid in the form of flour, wheat, flour and corn rain, to yeah. North Korea. Sure. Yeah. I mean, everything, of course, is contingent upon the border situation, right? If right. North Korea keeps maintaining border closures, uh, we won't see many shipments. But uh, apart from certain allowed deliveries from China and Russia, because we know that uh, the trade is going on, but however meager, yeah. it's still ongoing. But uh, if we want to talk about the involvement of an international organization that is in charge of this, mm-hmm. uh, alleviating hunger and everything, uh, then we would probably need to talk about massive border opening. Right. Okay. Now, th- these shipments of grain from uh, Russia, 
Are they coming in by rail? Um, most likely it's by rail because we haven't seen much vessel activity, Russian vessel activity yeah. in North Korean ports. So I suppose it's it's delivered directly through the Tumangan crossing okay. uh, f- uh, via the Primorsky Krai. Yeah. And, and, uh, so there are some, there have been some limited uh, border crossings. Uh, yes, okay. of okay. course, of course. All right. And last thing to talk about this week is the the new cargo ships that uh, North Korea bought last year. You're a ship watcher. You've been right. watching these ships that are now in, uh, they've been reflagged. They're in North Korean service. Right. And they're spending a bit of time in and around Chinese ports. Tell us about that. All right. So basically, uh, if we get to the point, uh, North Korea acquired several ships over let's say two years starting 2020 2021 and those ships they have been reflagged now they're flying north korean colors Mm -hmm. and what's remarkable about this situation is that now we see how actively they're being in they're engaging in this cargo deliveries we don't know what cargo has been exchanged but we know that uh, well considering the fact that uh, those ships went directly to longko and uh, dalian Yes. Those two seaports in China, they are known for coal and iron. Okay. So we could expect that there could be certain deliveries of iron or or coal uh, from North Korea because we know that North Korea is quite rich yeah. in, in these uh, resources. However, it is very hard to uh, definitely definitively say uh, whether it, it is the case. But we definitely see, on the other hand, that those ships that have, have been recently acquired by North Korea are being put in use. Mm-hmm. Are they doing anything funny like turning off their transponders or doing ship-to-ship transfers or anything like that? Well, there have been cert- several in- instances that caught my attention, and you can check it out on NK News or NK Pro, uh, speaking exactly about mm-hmm. these situations. However, when we are talking about these specific ships, I would rather say no, there haven't been uh, any cases of ship-to-ship transfer, but uh, switching of transponders, you know, disappearing from all the geolocation services, uh, that is the classic move North Korea pulls pretty much every time it wants to conceal some illicit activities. Classic North Korea. All right. right. Thanks very much, Anton, for coming on the show today. Thank you for inviting. Attention, North Korea portfolio professionals. Are you in need of more than just sloppy and spotty South Korean news coverage on the DPRK? If so, I present to you NK Pro. Born from the established news gathering reputation of NK News, NK Pro leverages staff experience and top-notch technology to provide subscribers with superior knowledge and tools to achieve their goals. Expect daily analysis, exclusive tools, and a suite of research tools that cover everything from North Korean state media to the whereabouts of DPRK vessels and aircraft. How cool is that? In a world where the landscape of North Korea seems unknowable to many, NK Pro cuts through the noise and provides you with the quality, reliability, and timeliness you need. Stay ahead, stay informed, and master the landscape with NK Pro. Trust me, it's a game changer. Interested? Visit nknews.org/professionals to claim your free 30-day trial of NK Pro. Once again, that's nknews.org/professionals. Today, for our long interview, I'm talking with Padanam, Secretary General of PS Corps, about his organization's new research on internet use in North Korea. You can find PS Corps on Twitter at PSCORE911. Welcome back on the show, Pada. Thank you. You were previously on the podcast on episode 204, so it's good to have you on again. For listeners who missed that first interview, can you please share what PS Corps is and what it does and what your role is? Right. Thank you for having me first. And PS Corps is acronym for People for Successful Korean Reunification. So we want to focus on the successful reunification. Everyone has the idea of reunification. Someone is focusing on the political reasons, some people, patriotic reasons. But we do centered on the uh, human rights value for more. So we want to make the better human rights conditions. Ultimately, we think reunification in Korean Peninsula is really necessary. So we are working for a successful 
Korean reunification. And we are working for the better humanized conditions in North Korea mm-hmm. and supporting um, North Korean defector students, mostly English education, yeah. and also support the reunification talks between young generations. Okay, so that you're preparing for something in the future. Yeah, we want to try. Right. Do you think? When do you think that will happen? Reunification. Who knows? No one knows no what one it will knows. happen. Do you think it'll happen in your lifetime? Uh, hope so. Okay. Hope so. Um, hope to make it like within this year or next year. Yeah, as as soon as possible. But as soon as possible. Okay. It will be not easy right. to achieve it. So I invited you back on the show today to talk about PS Core's recent report titled "Digital Hostages." What does the title mean, and what is the report about? It is about the internet freedom in North Korea. North Korean citizens are like the hostages in digital world. They cannot access to internet at all. Mm-hmm. Most of the people cannot access internet, and they never heard of internet at all. So we, they are kind of a hostage um, status. So we put that title on there, and and our report covers the internet. Situation, connection situation, and also covers the intranet mm-hmm. and explains the technology issues uh, with the uh, humanized tools, international tools to evaluate the humanized conditions in North Korea. So we didn't want to put too much of an effort of technical side of North Korean uh-huh. uh, internet. And how did you find people to interview for this research? Yeah, that was really hard part actually. A lot of defectors who worked together with us before, and we have a lot of interviewees who experienced internet in North Korea or experienced internet as a North Korean citizen mm-hmm. was a very small number of people, mm. and also a lot of them they didn't want to have the interview because ah. if they say like in, on what circumstances, what condition they use. Internet yep. is very clearly shows who they are ah. and their position, where they are, in what year. It was very easy to recognize, ah. and also for some like high elite positions, mm-hmm. could use it or at least access it, even though it's very limited um, chances. But these elite people, they also well, well recognized by their interviews. Mm-hmm. So um, yeah, it was very hard to find people. So how many did you interview in the end? In total, actually, around 30. But okay. we mentioned only some of them on our report. Yeah. And To keep them anonymous. Keep them on- anonymous. And some of them are actually, they didn't want to use that testimony on, ah, in our report. So right. some of them were used. Yep. But some of them were only like to get the information. Yeah, just the, the data, the numbers. Right. Yeah, okay. Now, generally, I think it's understood for a long time that internet is very tightly controlled in North Korea. Some people even think that there is no internet in North Korea. But we have so we have this data from your research that gives us a, a better picture about how tightly controlled internet access is. So based on your study, how many people in North Korea do you think have some kind of access to the internet? Depending on the level or type of access, mm-hmm. only a handful of people could get access, unlimited access, like what we do in South Korea or right. outside the world. So full access to the whole internet, yeah. that's a very, very small handful of people. Yeah. Okay. I, actually, no one knows the exact number right. of them. They will be very, not just high elite, it will be very close to the Kim Jong-un. Mm-hmm. Um, but the one of the example is even for the diplomats yes. who used to work outside of North Korea mm-hmm. could not access to internet at all. Even outside North Korea? Outside North Korea, they couldn't. Oh, I see. But yeah. once they returned to North Korea, yeah, they could not. They no longer have access. Yeah, even in the Ministry of Foreign Affairs, yeah. the officers cannot send an email directly. They need to ask to certain division to send the email, uh-huh. and then they they are having conversation, email conversation, and then deliver it. Mm. So it is very limited, mm-hmm. and some of the researchers, professors are available, mm-hmm. but it is not like like free access like we do. Mm-hmm. They need to get through the some regulations and yep. the allowance pro- 
process. Right, and we'll talk a little bit right. uh, about that in detail. Do you, from your research, do you believe that people with uh, full access, uh, uncontrolled access to the internet, are they all in Pyongyang? Mostly in Pyongyang, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, only like high political di- division yeah. that makes the entire the strategy for yeah. for the, the party mm-hmm. could access. Only some people could access it. That means North Korea doesn't want to access internet for their people. Mm-hmm. So what do we know about the speed of internet that is available in North Korea? Does North Korea actually have physically, does it have high-speed internet? Yeah, they have. Okay. Uh, even though it is not that much high, but it's available. Mm-hmm. Okay, so um, can like is video conferencing possible from North Korea, for example? If it is through internet, maybe possible. Some of the university students who's uh, attending international conferences mm. or international competition, yep. they could access to internet. For example, like the software competition mm-hmm. members, only selected numbers, for example, like handful of people, less than 10 people, yep. like between five to seven, within certain university, the software development team ah. could attend the conference. So is it accurate to say that if a North Korean person has access to the internet, it's probably for work or professional reasons and not for leisure. Uh, not at all. <laughs> not at all. And they don't know much about the internet exists at all. Right. So the, as you said, there's a very, very small elite group of North Korean citizens who can access without it, uh, censorship, without limits. But so most people who have access, they do it for work. Yeah. And how does a North Korean who needs internet for work get access to it? Tell us about that bureaucratic process to, to gain the approval. Again, for the professor or researchers, they need to get like some paperwork to mm-hmm. get allowance, at least four steps of the uh, paperwork. And after you get the access, uh, the approval, then you need to wait for a couple of days. And then based on the, even though you got the approval, you cannot use it right away. You need to wait on the list. And if there are more people on the list, then you, you also need to wait for a couple of days more. Wow. And then you can use it only for one hour. Oh, gosh. Under the surveillance of mm-hmm. some system. If you get into the room, yeah. internet access room, you and another researcher will sit together and mm-hmm. there will be one librarian between you. Yeah. And that librarian is keep watching you mm-hmm. while you are searching internet. Wow. And that librarian need to verify mm-hmm. with his or her fingerprint. Yes, I, I read in your report that right. there is a kind of a regular, regularly the computer screen freezes. And in order to continue doing your research, the librarian has to come along and unlock the freeze with the fingerprint, some kind of technology, the fingerprint reader, to unlock the computer in order to keep going. Why is that? It is clearly showing that to the researchers or someone using internet, North Korea wanted to recognize them that someone is watching you mm. and you cannot do something wrong within time period. If they have like longer time, then mm-hmm. there could be some other things possible. For example, like sending email or mm-hmm. any other thing or searching for internet. Do anything is not possible by watching someone is next to you mm-hmm. or there's also the CCTV in the room, so people are watching you, and also city security agency is walking around the room. There's okay. The, the room has around 20 computers, ah. and that person is keep walking around and mm-hmm. see what you are searching for. Mm. And that the, search, the searching language has to be foreign one, not the Korean language. Mm. If they search for South Korean, any of the document yep. or page, mm-hmm. then it will be a big trouble. They cannot search the Korean ones, so they need to find English or Chinese ones, Chinese mm. websites. Right. And once what they... What about Japanese? Yeah, some other languages mm-hmm. as well, but mostly they said it's Chinese or English. I see. And once the researcher is... Um, there could be some images, right, in, in the website, mm-hmm. uh, research papers or research websites. Yeah. If there's any like female picture, for example, there mm-hmm. could be female pictures, right? The um, a picture of a woman. Yeah, mm-hmm. just 
picture of women yep. makes big problem for them. Even though they are not made it on purpose, mm-hmm. they, it was just showing. But in that case, the s- state security was coming to you and not physically, but verbally doing that very violently mm-hmm. um, prohibit to ac- uh, access the internet. Now, you're not talking about a picture of a naked woman. You're just talking about a picture of yeah. a woman. Yeah. Any woman. Right. Okay. So that, that attracts attention from the, uh, the security, national security uh, or state security mm-hmm. people. Yeah. Okay. And on, one more thing is when they are searching for the information or data, they cannot direct the document directly. They need, in case they want to download some document for their academic research, they need to download it to a certain USB and then they cannot get it. They need to submit to the certain division and get the approval, and then they can get it a couple of days later. The document? Yeah. Okay. Why is this? How does this level of control over internet help the North Korean government? It sounds very inefficient. Why, why do they do this? <laughs> they don't care for inefficient at all. They mm-hmm. just want to control everyone. But what are, what are they afraid of? What's the North Korean government worried about? Probably they don't want any information from outside to the, their citizens. If it is possible, to be disconnected at all, mm-hmm. probably they will do that. But they know that they need more information from outside. They need more data or um, support from outside. So they are having some connections with the other countries, but they really don't want to. They, they really want to isolate their people from the world. So what kind of information from the outside is welcome in North Korea? Only the technical or only the so scientific econo- information, scientific, uh, economic mm-hmm. kind of issues, not never about the political or human rights issues. I see. Now, how much do most North Korean people know about the internet? Mm, to be honest, in their textbook, they teach World Wide Web mm-hmm. with the text, yeah. but many of them never heard of internet at all. I saw it mentioned in a uh, North Korean comic book for children, so uh, I know that uh, at least children who read comic books in North Korea have heard of the internet because it's in there. Well, I don't know how how widespread that comic book is, but at least the children in Pyongyang who have access to it, they are aware that it exists. Oh, yeah. In some interesting testimonies that even though they never accessed internet at all, but they could see people are searching something through mm-hmm. the laptop, through the watching the Korean drama or movie. Ah, okay. So they have indirect experience of the internet. Yeah, someone is watching. using the computer yeah. to search for the information. Right. They could see it, but they didn't yeah. know what that so was. So if, if they are watching South Korean or, or Chinese or any other dramas, which is you know uh, forbidden by the North Korean government, if they're watching these things, then they have some... Indirect experience of uh, seeing right, people right. use the internet. Yeah. Now, um, North Korean people do have access to a local intranet, an intranet. Can you tell us uh, about that? What uh, does everybody have access to the intranet, and what can they do with it? Intranet is kind of internal internet. Yeah. Only for North Korean people. It is only available within North Korea. And in our survey, actually, um, we had to survey to defectors, and the. Uh, 155 answers, and between them, 68% are not aware of intranet, only 15%. They're knows. not even aware yeah, that it exists? Right, right. Are they recent defectors? Yeah, they are recent defectors. Hmm. Mm-hmm. But they weren't aware of the intranet? Yeah. Okay. Some of them could use intranet through their mobile phone. Right. It was possible, but still, oh. uh, many of them were not aware of intranet at all. Okay. And what can they do with the intranet? Can they, can they do shopping? Can they read newspapers? Can they watch videos? What can they do with it? Actually, North Korea tried to do everything what we do mm-hmm. uh, in the internet. They may want to make it into intranet all the same thing as well. So shopping exists. They can search for a library, e-library, mm. and have some the applications to like educate them play games, leisures, watch videos, streamings are possible. But it is just saying it is possible but not popular or not, um, not widespread. Common, widespread right. yeah. 
Now, because you said that 68% of your surveyed uh, North Korean defectors had never seen the intranet or weren't aware of the intranet, does that mean that there is some bureaucratic process to get permission to access the intranet? Yes, it is getting better. Um, it used to not possible from everyone. Previously, uh, actually, there are many steps. At the beginning, actually, North Korea tried to deliver it to everywhere. So at home, it was possible. Mm -hmm. But at certain time, they realized that intranet, the network, and chattings mm -hmm. within in intranet was kind of dangerous for their political uh -huh. reason. So it was uh, possible to having like random chat before, mm. but in short time, yep. they like re regulate the random chattings. So now it is available between who knows mm -hmm. uh, both IDs. People who know each other. Yeah, right. Did you, did you talk to anybody who experienced a random chat in North Korea? Yes. Tell us uh, more about that. Because mm -hmm. that does seem, I can imagine from the North Korean government's perspective, that does seem a bit dangerous. So tell us more about it. So random chatting was kind of very popular when it comes out. Mm. So people were kind of spending a lot of time mm. having some talks with random people. So yep. even for dating was kind of made mm. through that random chatting. Yep. So where do you live? Uh -huh. I'm in this district. Are you in Pyongyang? Or mm -hmm. Where are you? What What's your age? Age, kind sex, of? location. Yeah. Right. It's the same thing what we do in mm -hmm. chattings. Mm. And then there are some talks of the um, romance with it and some talks with the getting together. Mm -hmm. Then Noska realized that people are getting together through the random chatting. Was it monitored? I think it's less monitored before. It was ah, kind of testing. Okay. Very early stage yep. of intranet. But, ah. So then they regulated to use personal reasons and at home. So it was possible at home at the beginning. Yep. Then they regulate into the uh, certain places or school or universities. For or random chat? A random chat was... Was like, completely stopped? Yeah, completely okay. stopped. All right. And so then the intranet itself ah, was possible at right. the institutions and ah, big and workplaces. places. Workplaces. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Then recently they um, opened to the personal home right. again. Ah, okay. The thing is, it is very expensive to connect it. Mm. Internet is not... If you imagine the... Remember the the first stage of internet. Actually, you need to install the line yep. to your home. Right. So um, in North Korea, it is not installed to every home. Ah. So to use intranet at home, mm -hmm. you need to pay for. You need to pay for that installation fee. Right? Okay. It yeah. is around um, 150, 180 US dollar for the installation. Right. Okay. So it is very expensive yeah. for. North Korean people. And what about the monthly fees? Monthly fee was, he said, it was around $14 or something. Which is a lot in North Korea. It's right, a lot of money. Right. Yeah. So it is kind of to show you are economically available mm. to spend money for right. nothing uh, or for fun. Yeah. It is kind of to show right. you are in luxury. Uh -huh. And so, for example, if I'm a North Korean, not elite, maybe I'm living in a rural city somewhere let's say, Hesan, and I want to get uh, the intranet, do I have to fill in a form? Do I contact someone from the party office? How do I do that? Yeah, you need to get the approval for several steps. Mm. And you from also my work group leader or something like yeah, that? Yeah, and the party. In Minban so, yeah. In Minbanjang is nothing. Actually, okay. you need to get the approval from like Shito. Ah, so party. it's a high yeah. level. Okay. Right, right. Yeah. And also, you need to mm -hmm. have the computer. And but the thing is, you cannot have stable power ah, electricity. Right. Yeah. So uh, there's not much reason to use intranet at your home. Mm -hmm. Well, you can maybe some houses have the little solar panel outside, <laughs> right? Or they use a car battery for the computer. I've seen that too. How does the government, uh, the the government of North Korea, monitor what people do on the intranet? You know, is there a recording of keystrokes or is there a freezing of the you know screen captures I mean, what do you know about that now you can access internet very easily is automatic intranet yeah. i mean in what we do is ah. to connect internet oh, now I see. you're talking about us here okay. yeah, yeah yeah right it's, mm -hmm. there's nothing like the showing what you are when you use internet you don't imagine what if there's any steps at all but i'm not sure how much how many of you remember the like very long time ago, PC communication 
through the uh, modems mm-hmm. kind of period, you need to start certain software to connect to the intranet. Okay. So in North Korea, is Pyongyangsang software exists. Mm. So you need to install some softwares yep. to verify who you are ah. to connect the intranet. So there's no anonymity on the North Korean intranet. Right. You have to prove who you are. If you s- do anything, yep. then, then government knows what you do and what purpose you are uh, connected. Right. And it, so that's Pyongyang Song to, to connect to the internet. internet. There's also some other intranet. There's also some other software packages, Shingi, I think. Is that right pronunciation? Yeah, Shingi. And uh, Trace Viewer and Red Flag. Tell us about them. What do they do? Shingi is a software North Korean government says is the Pyrex vaccine. But the software developer back in North Korea, yeah. he said he's very mostly sure but that um, Shingi is the, the monitoring software mm. because Shingi is very like light software, very small megabytes yeah. um, software, but it detects software not regularly, but quite often. So in North Korean um, situation, it's not connected a lot yep. between computers. So the virus should n- could not be spread a lot, mm-hmm. actually. But Shingi is detecting software a lot. So they need to keep updating Shingi all the time. But he thinks that in some, in some of the tests from him, he thinks Shingi is making screenshots and sending it to the ah, government. Okay. And also making alarms that you have virus, you need to update your software mm-hmm. kind of thing. So keep making people to report and also connect it to the government. Always. Now, there are some, have been some stories uh, reported here on NK News about uh, North Korea creating viruses and, and malware and things to spread on the internet to the rest of the world. Do these viruses and, and malware, do they sometimes end up accidentally on the North Korean intranet in, infecting North Korean computers? Actually, in our report, we call internet, the global internet, yep. and intranet separately because it's very confused. Sure. So we call global internet okay. um, is totally different with intranet. Yeah. So like intranet cannot be, uh, maybe in some ways, but not commonly, or almost not possible to connect ah. global internet and intranet. Mm-hmm. Okay. What about Red Flag? What does that do, that piece of software? Uh, these apps, applications, also work for the constant surveillance. These apps making the screenshots on your devices and shows that this device is making screenshot of your activity. Mm-hmm. So people can aware that this device is making screenshots of my activity. So people are kind of monitoring his usage of the devices. And is that happening on PCs and mobile devices in North Korea? That's for mostly mobile devices. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, so they have different ones. For the mobile devices, for example, like if you want to watch certain the video clip, yep. that video has to be registered in the government database. Okay. Then they are giving you the verification, the file. Yep. And so if you want to run certain video, you need to have that file as well. Or any applications, you also need that verification file together. Ah. So you cannot just, it's, this is the legal way to yep. use it. If you use certain other device like or hidden devices or hidden laptop, you can use it. But for the legal way to mm-hmm. use it, you need certain the veri- verification file as well. Now, earlier you said that the cost of the local intranet, you've got to install the cable first and then pay 14 dollars a month, approximately 14 US dollars a month. What about the cost of accessing the internet, the global internet, say for email or for internet research? Did you find any information about that? Actually, it's not a matter of cost or something. Mm-hmm. Um, you are not available to use it. So the limitation is, it could be start regulated by the cost, but mostly they cannot access at all. So it's not a matter of the cost or something. Now, I've heard that even North Korean government offices, that they have to pay money for their internet email use and that that payment is calculated according to the volume of the use. So if they send or receive a long email text or they uh, receive an attachment, 
that can increase their costs, so they try to avoid that. Maybe in some other cases, yes. Uh, but our testimony, mm-hmm. even for the diplomat, one of the diplomats said that he could use internet only once while he was in Pyongyang, mm. um, not in the Ministry of Foreign Affairs office. It was not possible, but he could use it at international organizations' office when they are working together for a certain project. Right. They could access internet in that office only with the, not with the Wi-Fi, with the cable internet. And then they could use it when the international staffs and they are working together. So the North Korean government cannot see who's using internet while they are using it. But once the, him and his colleague was using internet, global internet in mm-hmm. the office, but there were no foreign members there, yeah. foreign people there. So um, he was not using internet, global internet at all, but his colleague was using internet. So global internet. So the North Korean government catch him, brought him to somewhere, and he never saw him again. Wow. So it's not a matter of cost or something. It's a matter of you can use it or not. And also it is a very dangerous one. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now your report, Digital Hostages, is not just a research project about North Korean internet use, but it's also a call to action. What does PS Corps want the international community to do? These days, we are living in digital era and we are connected to network for every aspect of our life. And these days, the digital literacy is a kind of key factor mm-hmm. for your younger generation and for you as well. So globally, people are using more digital and more connected through network, but North Korea is not available. So the current um, UN Secretary General Guterres is trying to make develop internet access into basic human rights mm. by 2030. UN is trying to make internet access to everyone right. as a basic human rights. And with this standard, I think North Korean people should be not be isolated mm-hmm. by this movement. Mm. People, entire human beings, need to be connected and work together. And also digital and network is a kind of powerful tool to develop human beings. Nowadays, even for someone very poor family or isolated people living in rural area, could get high standards of education or access to any information that exists in the world. So the people can um, develop their in personal life, also making business globally. Mm-hmm. And but not in North Korea. Yeah. And you'd like to see that happening in North Korea. That's not because of the infrastructure. It is only because of the North Korean policies. Right. Would a copy of the Chinese-style internet with censorship and tight controls, would that be better than what North Korea has now? Definitely. And when we have the interviews with North Korean defectors who mostly free to China first and then coming to mm-hmm. South Korea, they said they were very shocked when mm-hmm. they see internet when they were in China. But the thing is, uh, in internet researches, like the big international organizations, they put China and North Korea into the same level. Mm. But you see this big difference. Very big difference, but they don't know much about the situation in North Korea. That's mm-hmm. why we had this in research paper to mm. show how clearly Chinese style and North Korean style yeah. is different. Right. So at least Chinese model could be the something North Korea should provide to right. their people. So what can PS Core or what is PS Core trying to do to help North Korean people inside North Korea? Actually, there's not much thing we can do, mm-hmm. um, to be honest. And also, legally, yeah, there's nothing to do. And but you're pushing the United Nations to push right, North Korea right, right. to have more internet access there, right? Yeah, as we mentioned to the UN this system, mm-hmm. we want to make internet access to the basic human rights. Right. And it could be beneficial for not only North Korea, but also for the countries, um, Asian countries or some African countries or some other countries under the dictatorship Mm -hmm. or pressing under the authoritarian regime. Right. So um, people need to express their freedom of thoughts Mm -hmm. and also uh, express what they think. And they need to know what the world is 
happening, how people are connected and educated and having the new life yep. under the internet era. So we are asking UN to the certain international covenant convention mm -hmm. to, to provide internet access to everyone in the world. Mm. Okay. Your, your report, uh, your recent report, Digital Hostages, that's just one research project about North Korea. But PS Corps has done other research projects too, right? Yes. This is our most current one, but mm -hmm. the previous one was about digital surveillance in North Korea. Ah. So it was more dealing with the um, digital devices and how the monitoring softwares in computers mm -hmm. and digital mobile devices are under surveillance. So um, we wanted to put more searchlight on the digital rights. Digital rights is not that much developed area of North Korean human mm. rights. In North Korean human rights, um, people are keep saying about the political rights yep. and like torture, mm -hmm. um, detention, or political prison camp, these things. Yep. But there are so many, uh, while we are developing our society into digital era, mm -hmm. new development means there are more regulation in North Korean society. So we wanted to develop more ideas, delivering more situation into, uh, from North Korea into worldwide. Right, and are all your uh, reports available in English? Yes, and uh -huh. they are all in our website, www.pscore.org. Okay. And um, we have multiple language tabs as well. Uh -huh. We have six, seven, eight, oh yeah, almost nine, nine language tabs, oh, so great. you can check it. And Twitter is not that much updated, so uh -huh. if you find us on, in Instagram, P okay. at uh -huh. PSCore Korea, you can find more information about us. Okay, PS Core Korea, one word. Yes. Uh, on Instagram. Okay. Great. Well, thank you very much, Padanam, for coming again on the NK News podcast. Thank you for having me today. Keep doing a good job at uh, PS Core. By the way, LinkedIn tells me that today is your 13th anniversary at PS Core. So congratulations on your 13th work birthday. Thank you very much. Great. And uh, yeah, keep doing uh, good research in the future. Thanks very much and talk to you again soon. Thank you. Bye-bye. Let me ask you this. You're listening to the NK News podcast, so you know more about North Korea than most. But how about the South? To really understand what's happening on the peninsula, you need to know about South Korea. And now you can, through our new Korea Pro News and Analysis Service. This is not your average news service. It's a thoroughly researched analysis of South Korea's politics, society, and economy from an international perspective. But you know what the cherry on top is? the absolute lack of commercial influences. No ads, no sponsored articles, it's just pure objective analysis by a team of qualified specialists. And the best part? As a listener of this podcast, you get a 25% discount. All you have to do is use the coupon code PODCAST during your sign-up. So head over to careerpro.org podcast and start your journey with CareerPro. That's careerpro.org podcast. Our thanks, as always, to Brian Betts and Arius Dare for facilitating this episode and to our post-recording producer, Genius Gabby Magnuson, who cuts out all the extraneous noises, awkward silences, bodily functions, and puts in the ads. Thank you very much for listening again next time. <laughs> <laughs>